Coming up in this episode. What was your favourite subject in school, Bob? Uh, well, actually, my favourite subject in school was geology, study of rocks and fossils. So I got a, really? an O level in geology. Yeah. The dividends it's paid working in logistics has been amazing. <laughs> the Logistics Collective podcast is a series focused on the logistics industry, where there are many incredible stories to be told. We'll be speaking with those who've worked and are working within the industry today. What have been their experiences, good and bad, since joining, and what would they recommend a career in the industry to others? Here's your host, Malcolm Pope. Hello, and welcome to the next edition of the Logistics Collective, the podcast. Today, I have somebody really interesting, and it's it's a bit different for me because it's somebody that I, have, over a couple of decades, have worked with on a number of occasions. He's one of the best operational leaders that I know. He's a really great people person. His name is Bob Richards, and he works for TPM, the Pallet Network. And I've got to apologize in public, Bob, because I <laughs> caused you such, such sadness when we first met, um, because I asked you the question, why is everybody uh, over 40 from Birmingham called Bob? And you said to me, well, it was like, go away. And he <laughs> says, I'm not from Birmingham. I'm from the black country. I'm not over Correct. 40. And so uh, I, I got a bit of rightly chastised for that. That was that was fine. But it, it, it got us really, really started. So, I mean, Bob, you're Ops Director for TPN at the moment. You've been Head of Ops for PHS Group. You've been GM in Bidvest, and you've also done some consultancy for them. Yep. Uh, you've been Divisional GM for Palletways. You've been GM for David Hathaway. I know you did some work uh, for the wonderful and sadly departed Hilary DeVay in Palex. And where I first met you, you were in Heinz, ensconced in the mildly chaotic world of the food service warehouse in Telford. That's how we found it. And so, Absolutely. Bob, I'm, I'm going to stop flapping my gums and say, welcome to you. How are you doing? I'm very well, Malcolm. Thank you very much. Really great to speak to you. Now you're welcome. So, come on, Bob, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? So, um, I tell you what, do you know what? As I get older, I think the superpower that I would really love is a photographic memory. Then, okay. okay. And just purely, there's so much stuff that I've come across in my life, personal life and working life, that I wish I could just remember. <laughs> so, yeah. that would definitely be my superpower. I, I am blessed with a very good memory, and I do remember uh, at the Telford... Uh, at the Telford Distribution Centre, it was your birthday, and we, you know, somebody said that you looked a little bit like Beaker of the Muppets, and so... Absolutely. They put oh. everything around your <laughs> office. You had more pictures of Beaker than anything else, so apologies for the embarrassment, but here we go. No, it was, it was good fun, mate. It was good fun. So, tell us a little more about what you do now. What, what, what's your role all, all about? Okay, so um, I joined CPN, um, I've been here just over a year, um, um, Was as you said, I was doing some consultancy work prior to that and um, sort of working for myself and I'd always said if the right opportunity come along with the right business, with the right culture, um, that I would, you know, take that step back into being gainfully employed, if you like, for one a better description. Um, so my role at TPN is, uh, as operations director, is I'm responsible for their hub in Minworth. We move round about, on average, 23,000 pallets per day to every postcode destination across the UK. We do that via a network of a 129 different logistics companies across 143 locations. Wow. It's, it's a hub and spoke network, and it's made up with some fantastic businesses. It's really good. 
So what does working in the logistics industry mean to you? Okay, so I think for me, um, I fell into logistics. Um, I'm an engineer, you know, I'm a tool maker. Did um, it hurt when you did? It did, yeah. So, and I ended up with um, being in the black country, Malcolm, as you quite <laughs> as you mentioned earlier. A manufacturing industry died, uh, ended up with a driving license, got a job driving a, a truck for Christian Salverson, uh, and the rest was history, really. And, and, and I find a lot, of, and I come across lots of people who stumble into the logistics business. Um, and, and working in this industry, you, you're going to go sit, well, I've sat in, in, the, in the boardroom at TPN talking to you now, and everything that sits in this room has been on a truck at some point in its life. It's you true. Know, so, yeah, it is. You know, so um, the fact, you know, I've worked in the food industry, I've worked in, uh, in the industrial sectors, and, and the fact that, you know, um, we're, we're responsible for getting everything to point of sale or to, to our customer end user, um, it just excites me every day. Okay. Now, I'm trying to get into my mind an image of Bob as a child. You know, the little shorts, the long socks, all, all, yep. all of that. All of that. Yeah. I, I want to know, what what was your dream job when you were a kid? So, um, actually, when I was about seven years old, I had this burning desire to have a drum kit. And I kept on about this drum <laughs> kit for about two years until so my mum and dad... it was wrong. You weren't beaker, you were animal. <laughs> I was animal, mate. Oh, okay. I was animal. Fine. <laughs> um, and I kept on about this um, this drum kit for a couple of years until my mum and dad finally got fed up with me and bought me a small drum kit. That was it. I wanted to be the drummer of Led Zepp or Black Sabbath or, you know. Uh, I do play drums now. Uh, you I've know, seen you. Sundays a month. No, yeah, I've yeah, seen um, you. I've yeah, seen yeah. you. Um, you know, but... Um, uh, which is great, but it's yeah, that would have been my ideal career. Would have been uh, a career in music, not singing, because I don't, I don't sing very well. But music definitely give you an opportunity now to no. Okay, we'll no, move on. Definitely not. <laughs> okay, so why why are you so passionate about your role at TPN? The role that I've got currently in TPN is is a real a real opportunity for me to share some of the skills that I've developed over the years I've worked in this industry. But more than that, I'm actually working with some quite young teams of people. You know, the average probably age of the the operations team that work in the hub is probably 28. You know, my cohort on nights, which is a bigger cohort, the the management team on nights are all 40 or under. And while some of the forklift truck drivers are a little bit older, you know, there's a relatively young cohort of people. And actually, it's a joy. I mean, we've been on TPN regional meetings for the last four days all around the country, meeting with the partners, talking to them about the exciting development in our business. And actually, in logistics, you tend to see people who are second or third generation. They're the only young people that tend to come through, certainly at our level in the industry. But it was really nice to see so many young people and younger faces um, at the meetings and for me that's the joy of the job is that people engagement it's developing people helping them um, build relationships with people oh, sometimes you've got to have a difficult conversation but actually you know if people understand what the rules of the game are then actually it makes it a great working place for everybody to be couldn't agree more with you bob so what's been your best career experience so far what was the, what okay, was the one what and, was the pinnacle the what are uh, Telford, without shadow of a doubt for me, Telford was an amazing time in my life. It was brilliant. Loved it. Loved every second of it. And we spent a lot of seconds inside that place at Telford. Um, you know, from walking in that first day and thinking, 
oh, what have I done? To, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'll tell you this story, Malcolm, because this, I don't know if you remember this, but he, I was working for a gentleman called Ian Sutherland. He'd not long joined the Hines family at the time. I remember, and, I, I remember Mr. Sutherland. I had some lovely meetings with him. Indeed. And uh, a phone call came through and uh, somebody in the office says, I've got Ian on the phone for you. I went, put him on hold while I get to my desk. And I picked the receiver up and he went, why have you got that tune on that phone? And apparently the whole music, when you found into Telford DC, which was on its, uh, its backside at the time, was Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was just great <laughs> no, it, you see that that sort of challenges my own initials which are MIP which I always say mission is possible so <laughs> but it, it, it for sure was a good time and I, I think that's for me also one of the highlights of my, of my career whereby you felt you'd made the most impact in the right way whilst keeping people with you and actually giving back to those people and doing everything as well as you possibly can there was a lot of heart and soul as well as a lot of hard work and planning and logic that went into that yeah so yeah yeah you know for sure so we've heard the best yeah what's the worst so I think probably one of the worst experiences in my working life was um, actually not after I, when I when I left Hines um, and Wincanton, um, and I went to work for TDG. Work, whilst I worked for a super guy at TDG in Sean Foley, he was great and he had amazing vision with what he wanted to do with that business. But he, we just spent our life being battered by the customer. I, know, I never uh, battered you. So now, apart from the little bit we did for Heinz, so but the general customer that we dealt with. No, you did a really important bit for Heinz in that circumstance. If that external cross, yeah, if that no, external cross good. dock centre hadn't have been put in, um, I'm absolutely sure that pre NDC, um, I'm pretty sure it would have fallen over. So it was an important piece that was actually done uh, within that. So. I, I would. And I think. I think the biggest. The biggest challenge in that business was that that. Um, Unfortunately, you know, the people who were running that business at the time didn't really have a fantastic vision of where they wanted to go with it. I think there were, you know, there's massive disparity between board level and what was actually reality. And there was, the people were so resistant to change. Yeah, I, 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 I still remember the Chairman's Day with TDG1 on it. That really made a good impression coming into Indeed. the head office. But hey ho. Yeah, um, I've got plenty of stories in the background, <laughs> and you know, look, um, there there were a lot of people in TDG that I had a huge amount of respect for. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's all of these organisations are large, and uh, they're all a bit curateggy. So there are, um, good, you know, there's a lot of good parts, and there's there's some stinkers as well. And yeah. that's that's the case for every organisation. Um, what was your favourite subject in school, Bob? Uh, well, actually, my favourite subject in school was geology, study of rocks and fossils. Oh, heavens. Yeah. So I got a, really? an O level in geology. Yep. So okay. I've got one too. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was great. Yeah. I loved it. So, yeah. It's, it's, uh, the dividends it's paid working in logistics has been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, well, no, you're good at business change, so you're good at metamorphics or metamorphosis anyway. Very but, good. Um, no, but, um, you know, there we go. It was was actually going to be my choice of degree, but uh, life intervened and I became a chemist instead. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, but there you go. So who's inspired you the most in your career and, and why? 
Okay, so um, so I've worked for a few inspirational people. So, Malcolm, I have to say, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot while we're chatting, but actually really loved working with you and the team at Oins. Um, found um, the way that you dealt with some of the issues that we came across with suppliers immensely well. I'll give you that £10 note later, Bob. No, no problem. That's, that's fine. Um, Sean Foley, great guy. Worked with Sean quite a lot over the years. Visionary, you know, um, absolutely great guy to work for. Um, has 10 great ideas a day, um, of which you can probably use one, but the man is an absolute visionary and, you know, um, <laughs> I'm wasting some of the things that I've seen him working in. Um, uh, I met a guy um, who wasn't from my working life, who was a played quite a big instrumental part in in me and my personal development, which was a, a gentleman called Rob Cook. Um, and I met him uh, in a church in Aldridge a few years ago, and the guy was just amazing. He was calm, he was considered, he never raised his voice. He was just such a lovely, lovely guy to spend time with. Uh, and actually, I took quite a bit of learning from Rob. I spent quite a bit of time with him doing some youth work and stuff. Um, and he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I've come into TPN, and Mark Kendall is really, really great guy. Great guy. He joined this business about 17 years ago as a, a shift manager. Worked his way through, you know, became ops director, went through a couple of buyouts. It was then bought by sort of Eddie Starbuck Group, and then it was um, uh, and then it was bought by um, by Kalina just over sort of 12, 14 months ago. Uh, and it, you know, he started he started his life out as a as a professional footballer. Wow. Um, but really, really great guy. I, and I'm learning, you know, from him. The number of logistics leaders I've been speaking to recently that, you know, turned around and said they wanted to be a professional footballer. You know, you've got an example there of some, oh, I've done that, now I want to go and work in logistics. I think that's uh, that's interesting. That really is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know, you know, uh, every day is still a skill day for me. I learn so much from the guy, Dale. He's really, really good at his job. Knows this industry, oh, certainly this business sector and this business, uh, you know, inside out, upside down, and back to front. So, if I asked you, and um, it can be anything, what are you most proud of? Uh, my family, my kids, without shadow of a doubt. For sure. Yeah. No, no sure. they're wonderful. No, they're wonderful. And what do you wish you would have known when you started your career that you know now? Um, I think uh, for me, I think I may have taken a completely different path. Um, I think I'd have done, I maybe have even gone and done armed forces. I'd gone and seen a bit of the world and done some travel and that sort of thing before, you know. When, but careers advice for me, uh, Malcolm, when I left school all them years ago, back in the 70s, was, right, do you, do you want to go in the army or do you want to do an apprenticeship? And that was it. There was no real options. And from my whole sort of year uh, group that left school, six people stayed on to do sixth form. I find careers advice from our generation was always interesting. I mean, I was reasonably, did reasonably well academically. Yeah. And so I went to my careers advisor and they just said, well, can't do anything for you. You're just going to go to university, aren't you? I was thinking, well, yeah, you're putting real effort into your job. Thank you very yeah, much for that. Genius. You know, so I don't know, call out to really good career advisors, you know, yeah. and this is what we're trying to do for people really in terms of these interviews is saying, well, actually, we're giving you a piece of good career advice 
that this is a really good industry to come into. But we'll come we'll come to that a little bit further on. Yeah. Okay. So, what's motivating your team at TPN right now? What are you facing? Oh, okay. So, um, I think uh, we we've got some um, challenges coming because we're moving premises sort of March time next year. Uh, so we're planning and preparing for that. Um, it, it's a distance from where we are. So, you know, there might be some turn, turnaround of staff and we're expecting that as a business and planning for that. The bit that's motivating us is uh, the one thing that TPN stands for is that it's always quality of service above volume. And due to that fact and due to the fact that that has been their mantra, actually the volumes come. So um, in the last sort of three months, we've become the number one network in the UK for, for volume. So having that volume and still trying to main, and maintain that, those service levels is a real, real challenge every day for the team. And, you know, they rise to the, rise to the challenge every single day. And the partners as well, you know, they're amazing. They go out and deliver the freight. We, you know, we do the easy bit, really. We're the, like the glue that holds that network together in the middle. Um, uh, and that's that. there is a lot of passion, motivation, and from quite a young team. And, you know, some of the guys down in the um, ops office, you know, we're under 12-month service. So they're in, an in they're in, coming to this industry and they're learning it. Okay. I mean, look, I know the pallet networks reasonably well. I haven't worked with TPN, uh, but that is uh, as much as anything else as a result of me doing, um, you know, I've had various phases in my career, but I've worked with a lot of them, and they generally do a very impressive and complex job. I'm also old enough to remember what was the world like before the pallet networks and regional depots, and I still remember going around a few of theirs and thinking, how can they find anything? And, all right, you only deliver to this location once every two weeks, and, you know, the costs are high and there's no traceability. And yep. All of that, I mean, certainly the pallet networks were part of a um, a service revolution without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So really interesting. So what surprised you about the logistics industry, Lou, recently? Is there anything that you've gone, ooh? I think we, so we've gone through, through sort of perfect storm over the last couple of years, haven't we? So COVID, um, you know, not being able to get drivers, Brexit, uh, sure. this. I did a piece of work for, um, before I joined TPN, I did a piece of work for somebody and, you know, we were looking at like 130 odd thousand drivers just not available anymore. You know, COVID hit and the older ones all said, ah, oh, well, I'll hang my boots up and, you know, uh, a, a mass went back um, to um, um, Eastern Europe, the Eastern European bloc and, uh, and then obviously the 28,000 drivers a year that become newly passed drivers weren't taking the tests for a couple of years so we we rode this perfect storm that actually put quite a bit of pressure onto the pallet network sectors because you saw that consignment size which has always typically been one to four pallets tens and twelves and because they hadn't got the drivers to consolidate it onto a vehicle and, and get it delivered so it did put massive pressure onto um some of the network businesses thank you so what's one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life. Okay, so I think from my early days in Christian Salveson being a bit a bit hot headed and a bit um uh bullshit and all the rest of it, the one thing that I've learnt in life, Malcolm, is that and I'll give this advice to any manager at any level in any business is you've got to be fair with people, you've got to be fair with people, but you actually need to treat people how you would expect people to treat you. 
So irrespective of the conversation you're having, whether that's an easy conversation, a pat on the back and a bit of reward, or whether that's a difficult conversation because you're trying to change someone's behaviour or, or um, you know, uh, they've done something uh, that's not right, there's still a way to do that. Uh, and that, that for me, is probably the biggest learning I've had in my career. And it's, it's, it's a good learning. And it is about mutual respect. And yeah, I, I, as a kid, I read The Water Babies. And I, I always remember Mrs. Do As You Be Done By. Yeah. And I think, you know, that is a, is a, is a really good life mantra to, to really have. Yeah. And what do you feel has changed during your career and... Um, I will say that you're a, a youthful, mature person. Uh, Thank you. It, it, there you go. But a bit older than me. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but what, what, what has been um, the keynote changes that you've seen since starting and then where things are now? What, what, what really stands out to you? So technology is, plays a massive part in, in the logistics sector now. Um, and, and, you know, wh- wh- from days when I first started, when everything was done on a piece of paper with a pencil and an eraser, and you'd plan the route 10 or 20 times and you'd be rubbing things off different routes and, you know, building routes on clipboards with delivery notes um, to some of the technology that's available there for uh, this industry. It's amazing. Uh, uh, and you, do you know what? I, um, I actually love technology and love the advance of technology. I, I'm, I'm not a geek. But um, the fact that, you know, I love my iPhone, I love my tablet, uh, I've got a laptop, I do stuff on computers. Um, for me, the advancement of technology in our industry has been amazing. I think we've got some challenges to come over, uh, over the coming years, you know, uh, electric vehicles and congestion zones and all the other bits that um, are, are going to affect our, our, our business. Uh, but the technology definitely for me is the thing. Um, I'd certainly agree with you. I mean, I'm, I'm of the generation. I mean, I was... My first sort of supply chain job was as a production planner, and uh, my only piece of tech was um, pocket calculator. Yeah, and did it on whiteboards and graph papers. And this was a a fifteen production line food factory. Yeah, and you were scheduling all of the packaging and all of the refining of everything. And I can still remember, uh, if you like, the rules of engagement today. I could plan it today because yeah. it was uh, hardwired into my head. And I, I think it's an interesting question in terms of technology, and I'm a great supporter of it. Um, I, I pushed for a hell of a lot of um, innovation, um, certainly in the field of uh, logistics, procurement, or sourcing. It's when you move so far away from the actual physical manual operation, what understanding is lost. And I think this is why process mapping becomes incredibly important to yeah. to really push this back in. But um, that's really geeky of me, maybe to talk about process mapping. So, <laughs> I, I'm going to give you a free pass out, Bob. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to give you an opportunity. What occupation, other than your own, would you like to try? What would you like to do? I think I'd like to try something completely different to logistics. Uh-huh. So, if I had the chance, what would I do? What would I do? Um, I think I would probably head in the direction of doing something for a charity or um, helping people less fortunate than myself, uh, working with the homeless. I did um, some work, voluntary work as a street pastor a few years ago. And whilst it's quite horrific, some of the things you have to pick up and deal with on the street on a Saturday evening, um, actually, the joy and benefit you get from that. No, and and again, um, I I know you well and I know how important that your you know your faith is to you and um yep. 
I I have utter admiration. Um, you know, really, you know, really for that. We, we we all need some code to actually live by. And yep. without anything else that perhaps might fit better, it's a damn good start. And good on you for that. Yeah, thank you. In, in the last few minutes of the interview, um, yep. I'd like to focus on giving advice to people considering a career in logistics. So, yep. do you think it's a good idea for people to consider, the, uh, whether it be logistics or supply chain industry as a top three career choice? And if you do think it's a good idea, you might say, heaven's sake, after all this time I've had enough. You might say, no, don't do it. <laughs> um, but if you do say yes, why? Why is it such a good choice? Okay, um, and I think uh, I mean logistics has been really good to me, Malcolm. You know, from them them days when uh, engineering died in the black country, and I went driving a, uh, a seven and a half ton truck for Christian Salverson. There's never been a period in my life where I've not been working. So you know, there's always work. There's always been work. There's always been the opportunity to advance my career. You know, I joined uh, Christian Salverson driving a seven and a half ton truck, and eleven years later, when I left, I was general manager of one of their biggest sites. So there's that opportunity um, if people recognise your skills. I think we miss a trick in logistics. I think um, we don't explain to people the opportunities because in logistics, we have salespeople, we have accountants, we have all of these sectors, customer service people, um, human resources staff. So there are masses and masses of opportunity in logistics that people think, well, I don't want to drive a truck or I don't want to drive a forklift truck. But there is a wealth of jobs within the logistics industry that we, we need to fill. We did an exercise a few years ago uh, when I worked at Bidvest with a, a fantastic guy called Pete Thornton, who was head of training and development. And we went out to a couple of colleges to talk to 17 and 18-year-olds about um, coming into our industry, just to purposely sell that message that we're not just after people to pick boxes, drive trucks. Um, you know, this is about... If, you, if you're a budding accountant or you've got a flair for sales, you know, there are other opportunities in logistics rather than just driving a truck. Well, I, I think it has been a period of change uh, within the logistics industry, but it is going to accelerate. And you know, let's not forget, I still view Amazon. It's a logistics business. It's a logistics and supply chain business, just with a bit of marketing front end. I know I keep on repeating yep. that, but they're beginning to compete in the logistics sector. So you can see the actual crossover. Yeah. So for me, I, I think the challenges are going to be, we're probably going to have further automation. I'm, I'm not a great believer in autonomous vehicles, except within given boundaries. But in terms of, let's say, automation uh, within a warehousing environment, I can see a place and a point for that. Yeah. More than anything else, I think the biggest change is, how do we do things more sustainably? How do we actually use our intelligence and the potential intelligence? So it's both human intelligence and artificial intelligence. Yep. How do we use those to get a better solution for uh, the way we do things today? Uh, I, I think that for me, for anybody that is coming, if you want to come into an industry that has got, uh, well, it's probably about the warmest welcome you could ever imagine in terms of coming to work for any industry. You're, you are part of a big family. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, to to a large extent, you've got the opportunity for such fantastic complexity and interest within the industry, and you're going to have and see it change. You've got to shape it into something that is more sustainable, and that will impact everything. Yep. It will impact yes, the vehicles that are used, but it will also impact how those vehicles are scheduled and planned. Yes. And 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 I think the other key challenge is I'd like to get some really smart minds in that says. 
can we be cost effective? And I'm going back to Telford now. Yeah, yeah. Can we be cost effective and can we make it a more attractive job for a person to be in? And I think we damn well no, can. I agree. And I, I think, absolutely agree. Yeah. I, I really, really do. And I think the, you know, the, the essence there is that, you know, we've got to ask the rich questions in order to be able to get to the right answers. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm desperate to find the right answers that uh, really en engage everybody from the shop floor app, you know, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll say it correctly. From the from the sharp end that is the real wealth creators to everybody that is there to enable them to do their job in the best way, which is the way I think I'd reflect it. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to somebody starting out? Oh, um, for for me, um, uh, the the advice I would give them is actually don't be afraid to try different areas of logistics. Try and get a breadth of knowledge of the industry. So, um, you know, apprenticeships now into logistics uh, uh, are great uh, because you get to work around all the different departments. I mean, we ran a, a driving apprenticeship at Bidvest where guys would come in, they would spend first 12 months in the warehouse where their product was processed, how it was picked, how it was palletised. Then they'd go into loading vehicles, then they'd move into the traffic office, see how it was planned. Whilst this was going on, we were working on the driving skills in the background. So we're putting them through there car test to start with then through the um uh, you know up through the, the classes of their lgv licenses it was amazing amazing apprenticeships and i think there's real opportunity for people because actually whilst you you go in and think actually i'm going to be a driver or you go in and think actually i'm going to be an accountant your other skills will develop within that arena and one thing i found in um in the logistics industry there are a lot of people who are really good at spotting talent so if they see somebody and i think we actually you've got some real skills I was really lucky when I worked in Salton in my early days. There was a um, a, a lady who was sort of head of development within Christian Salton called Annie Hall, uh, and I was one of the lucky ones. I got spotted. Um, so my career path went really quickly from driving a truck to being an operations manager of a warehouse um, because they spotted, well, hopefully they spotted some talent. Well, um, I'm still doing a bit, so I must, I must be doing some stuff right. I, there's no doubt about that. Um, and, and again, genuinely, I, I still regard you as absolutely one of the best um operational leaders that I, i've had the pleasure to work with and no, thank uh, you Malcolm. uh bob knows me well enough to say if i didn't believe that i'd tell him uh, i would actually oh, say would, yeah. I, yeah, I would indeed. yeah no i would no <laughs> he did but, but but look bob it has been such a pleasure um to have a little bit of a chat with you and uh, hopefully we can have another chat in perhaps in a period of time and, and see how things are developing i mean i'd love to when you're in your new facility um, I'd love. I, I'd actually like to hear about how is it going and what's it doing because we 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 had and I'm, I'm I'm sorry to the listener we had a bit of a sneaky catch up before the before the podcast but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm really sort of quite excited about what they're building there I think um, it sounds like you're applying a lot of smarts to your hub design in TPN so um, indeed I'm I, I'm I'm all intrigued you know so um, I'd, I'd love, like to, to, love to share it. share with you after the event Mel yep yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, look, Bob, I thank you most kindly, uh, and I wish you well. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Logistics Collective podcast. We publish on www.logisticscollective.com, and you can register on there, and you can get some reminders. You can also interact with us. You can send us voice messages. And um, what do we have coming? Uh, we have a whole list of people that uh, I'm due to interview. Um, quite how I'm going to squeeze it all in around a fairly busy consulting life, I don't know. 
Uh, but this is a, a pleasure and a passion of mine, and I hope you find it as perhaps entertaining as I do. It's lovely to talk to people. You can get in contact by email, podcast at logisticscollective.com, or leave a voice message on our website, logisticscollective.com. The podcast is a production by Laguru.